Bias Nation, welcome back to the Dirty 30 episode. We made it. We have made it somewhere. I don't know where that is, but we have made it. We have another cool episode for you this afternoon. Uh, We are going to do another movie review. This time it's going to be uh, Birds of Prey that just came out a few days ago. And in the second half, we'll be uh, talking about the Super Bowl. We have yet to uh, recap that. So we'll recap the Super Bowl. We're going to give our first impressions of the XFL. Uh, It had its first weekend um, yesterday and today, uh, which is February, what, 9th? Uh, So we're going to give our first impressions of the new league. And then we're going to talk about uh, Pete Rose and kind of... uh, for those of you that don't know who he is, you know, I'll go through a little backstory about who Pete Rose is and why uh, he's back in social media. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about Mookie Betts and the recent trade uh, in baseball. And lastly, what was the, the last thing? That was like everything. Oh, okay. We can talk cool. about Tuke breaking the record. Oh, yeah. We got to talk about my man Tuka Rask. But other than that, that it's going to be a busy episode. So buckle in. And uh, let's get started. We'll kick it off with some Birds of Prey when we come back. We'll be right back. Let's go. What's up, everybody? This is your boy, Rise to the Occasion here. And we're going to be talking about Birds of Prey, the Harley Quinn. It's like Birds of Prey and the... Fabulous yeah. Emancipation of Harley Quinn. Yeah. <laughs> for those who don't know who or what Harley Quinn is, uh, she's been around in the comic books for a long time. But recently, in the New 52 universe, they gave uh, Harley Quinn her own standalone comic. And the premise is that she broke up with the Joker, and now she's on her own. Previously, um, for as long as I can remember, Harley Quinn and the Joker have been featured. She's been like his sidekick, and... It's just the way it's always been, but about two years ago, they decided to give her her own little running comic, and it was incredibly successful because it's all tongue-in-cheek. It's a completely different vibe of the comic book world of DC, and uh, it was overwhelming success, so obviously, what do you do when it's good in a comic book? You make a movie. Uh, Some of the backstory, just so you know, is how her and the Joker met is Batman had put the Joker in Arkham Asylum, cue the more darker Arkham Asylum Batman. And so he's in Arkham Asylum, and he gets – oh, I can't think of Harley Quinn's full name. It's, it's like something Quinley. Yeah. Shoot. Whatever. Just yeah. keep going. Uh, it's like Harless Quinley is her, her – Dr. Harless Quinley. She's a psychiatrist working at Arkham Asylum. Uh, the Joker seduces her, and then so she helps break him out of Arkham Asylum, where they then begin their life of crime. Um, there's two renditions – to the story on how Harley ended up looking like the Joker. She became obsessed with him. Um, very codependent style, not healthy. And one rendition, the one that I think was, is more popular is the Joker said, I want you to be like me. And he threw her in acid or bleach or something like that. And well, it was like just chemicals, but chemical, whatever X made the Powerpuff girls. Her uh, name, by the way, Harleen Quinzel Quinzel Harleen Francis Quinzel. As it's been said, um, and then the other one is she jumped in for him, though that one's less popular. And so this movie takes. The only thing I would say about that is that in this in this movie, she said she jumped in for him. Mm-hmm. That could have been part of the manipulation. Like, you know, maybe um, that's what she wants people to think. Like, she doesn't want people to think she, you know, was was beaten by him or, you know what I mean? Like, maybe it was just like a her personal yeah. Her, her personal, like, her subconscious being okay with what she did, essentially. Yeah. So I own, I think, the first 20 issues of this uh, comic book thing. And they are really true to this. Um, it's, it's like, again, cheek and tongue. It's like this crazy, you know, Harley Quinn who's like a wildly different person without Mr. J, uh, the Joker. And so it was just, it, it picks up uh, kind of where the comic books pick up. However... Uh, how she breaks out with Mr. J is different than in the comic books. Okay, in the comic books, how, how does she do it? Um, he, he just writes her off, or he takes advantage of her one too many times. I got the first issue downstairs. I should probably like should have read into <laughs> that before we did a review. That's all right. So it picks up 
right where uh, uh, supposedly the comic books uh, take off and Harley and the Joker break up. Uh, and basically, you know, she just goes off on her own and uh, becomes her own woman. Um, first impressions, again, someone who who has never read the comics uh, or anything, thought it was a really good movie. Uh, I forget the actress's name, but she was a she was Margot a great Robbie. Actor. Yeah, Margot Robbie was great, uh, and I thought the supporting cast around her they, it was very well casted. Surprisingly mm. for DC, I know. I know uh, it was a very good DC movie. Yes. Uh, so for me, it was uh, very good. It kept you attentive the whole time, uh, and it was a very fun movie. It was a good action movie. Yeah. Yeah, it was um, it was fun though. I would describe it as the one thing I was surprised is I was surprised that she did as much damage as she did without any physical guns. It was mainly yeah. just props and herself. Oh yeah, in the comics, she never likes to use guns. Mm-hmm. She will, but she thinks they're like for amateurs. Yeah, um, which is cool. I don't know. I mean, that's kind of badass. Uh, she like, but there's like key things from the comics that were in this, like the fun gun. Where yeah. she's just shooting the like thing, and then there was the also bad, the beanbag gun. You mean? Yeah. Like that yeah. And then there was the hammer. Yep. Uh, she's known to have that hammer. Uh, and they they made it just as crude as it is in the comics. Yeah. Um, Definitely annoyed by her voice at the end of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, so spoilers coming. So just know what I'm about to say. The only thing that didn't seem to make sense to me was Canary's voice. Like where they just spontaneously show that she had a superpower. Yeah, that came out of nowhere. Yeah. In, in the comics, she does. But you know the whole time. You Yeah, it's like you're on board with it as opposed to... She just whips it out when they need it the most. Yeah. Now, I mean, in the movie, Harley Quinn says, I told you she had a great voice. And so, you know, going back... A killer voice. A, yeah, a killer voice. Going back to, uh, you know, going back in the movie at like an hour or so, um, you know, Canary is in this club and she's singing and whatever in it. Like she's she's a great singer, but I guess if you knew the comics, you you like knew who she was. I guess yeah. I just I didn't know, I didn't know that, so that's why I was just kind of I was surprised when she I've, all of a sudden just wiped out an entire fleet of people with her voice, you know. And nobody in this movie had like superpowers, so I was like, oh, okay, it's it's not gonna be like in the superhero kind of yeah. universe. Yeah, well, turns out, yeah, and I was like, oh, <laughs> it's a. Buddy. I mean, it was, it was cool though. It just didn't make sense to the movie. No. Um, something people might have an issue with it is the exaggerated abilities of Harley Quinn. Like she can do like all this crazy stuff, but that's, it's exactly how the comics are. She's like a crazy acrobat. Um, she's able to do like those awesome moves and she's she's like a lunatic. Yep. And so, Hey, those chemicals, man. (laughs) Yeah. Serotonin and dopamine more like it. Um, so I, you know, I think it's it's a must-see if you like superhero movies. Absolutely. Uh, I think DC, a little bit of review on DC, they sucked for years. They but, still do. But recently, it's going to be hard. It's kind of like Dodge. It's going to be kind of hard to shake that you made a batch of bad engine cars. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's Dodge is like... Yeah. Was known Dodge to, is not, yeah. To suck, but they're better now. It's just, hey, you got to overcome it. And so, if you look at, like, what DC's had come out, they've had Harley Quinn, Wonder Woman, and Aquaman. All were solid movies. However, they also had, like, Suicide Squad, which... Brightburn is the name of the movie that I was trying to remember the name of. Uh, Brightburn flopped in 2019, too, yeah. Was that a DC movie, or was that, like, a private thing based off the DC characters? I'm looking it up, so keep talking. So, anyway, DC has been very hit or miss. Um, and we're going to see kind of what happens. Obviously, Marvel is the standard, right? They they can't seem to make a flop. Though Black Widow's coming out, and I suspect... No, no. That is a personal vendetta against Black Widow. That is not... That is not Marvel. That No, stop it. You don't... Just because you don't want to see it doesn't mean it's going to be bad. I suspect it will be categorized with Ant-Man in the original Thors. I suspect. Only because... It's carrying the Marvel title, but it's not a superhero yet. yet. I, I mean, we're going to watch it. It's going to be super villain and stuff or other superheroes. But I suspect. Well, her, her twin. Oh, yeah. 
I suspect is all I'm saying. Um, and then there's oh crap, what's the other universe? Um, DC. Oh, oh, I was gonna go Star Wars. Star Wars has struggled to make real good movies since they've been taken over. But you'd be happy to know that Kevin Feige is coming in to assume co-creative control with Catherine Ke- Catherine Kennedy. Which, if you're a Star Wars fan, you're so happy for, um, because Star Wars has not been good. Uh, Brightburn was produced by uh, Sony Pictures. Oh, Sony. Yep. Really? Uh, Mark, written by Mark and Brian Gunn, and then James Gunn and Kenneth Wang produced. Oh, I bet Mark Gunn was like James Gunn's brother or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Something like that. That was a movie that, if you have that set up right, would have been so good. Yes. It, it, the, it was very poor acting. The, you could tell the budget was super low. Yeah. The CGI was bad. Um, just like just like watching it, you knew it was low budget. I don't know. I mean, now, now, like it's we're, we've been spoiled with yeah. Marvel, Star Wars, you know, uh, all of these superhero movies and stuff. That when you see one like that, you're you're like, is this supposed to be taking place in the 1950s or is this just a cheap movie? You know, <laughs> like uh, <laughs> so that's how. But anyways, uh, you were saying about Star Wars that there's a new so director, Ka- uh, not director, Catherine Kennedy is still oh. there. But she's now assuming co-creative control with Kevin Feige, who, of course, is known for his large, large input on developing the Marvel storyline for those 23 movies. Uh, Essentially, Disney was probably like, we need to get this guy to write the, you know, correct the ship because the last few Star Wars movies have really sputtered. Right. Um, And the name has carried it. So Um, anyway, so DC may be finally figuring it out a little bit. And they have James Gunn who's the Guardians of the Galaxy guy. Yep. Working on Suicide Squad number 2. Yep. Right? And they yeah. have they have more stuff uh coming out with the new with the new what is it? Oh no, no, that's that's Marvel, right? The new mutants. Yeah. Oh, never mind. Oh, the new mutants. Yeah, we're going to review that. Yeah. At Marvel when they bought Fox Century, they were making an X-Men horror movie. And so Marvel went in and did some touch-ups, but they're putting the Marvel brand for it. So, yeah. We'll see how it goes. So, sorry. So, back to Birds of Prey. We, we got off a little off, <laughs> off, off topic there. Back to Birds of Prey. Um, one of the things that I was looking for is one of the things that they really did well in the Dark Knight trilogy with the Joker is his makeup. If you remember correctly, in the beginning of the movie, his makeup was like pristine, right? This is the beginning of the movie. Just saw him. As the movie goes on, the Joker, it's like wear and tear, it's stress. You know, as the movie goes on, his makeup gets worse and worse. And by the end of the, mo- end of the movie, it's all smeared. So I, I never noticed I, that. I loved how they progressed like his makeup from the beginning of the movie to the end. Because it was just like a character show from beginning to end about how the movie progressed. And I was, I was wondering if they were going to do that with Harley Quinn. If she was... Now, I didn't know how the movie was going to end, obviously, so I didn't know if it was going to be the end for her or if it was the start of something new. Turns out it was the start of something new, and it was a good, you know, it was a good ending for her. So you didn't want to see her all beat up and, and you know, looking like trash. So her makeup for, you know, and everybody in the movie, for the most part, carried their character throughout pretty well. There, but um, So I was just kind of looking for that, like, character development through the entire movie, but there really wasn't. It was pretty... It was pretty solid all the way through, um, which for the like the Joker thing, like you really had to patience to that. Like I was, it took me like the second or third time that I saw the movie to really notice that the Joker was just fa- you know falling apart throughout the whole movie, and it was a kind of a cool development of a of a character. You don't really see that, I don't think, very easily. In, Wait, the in, Dark in Knight film. or the movie The Joker? The Dark Knight. The Dark oh, Knight. Oh, not is- not in the Joker. The Dark Knight. The Joker in the Dark Knight. His makeup went from great to smeared all, all over the place. So I was just kind of looking for that. And like, that's just because a, you know, uh, it, it's in this, it's in a similar world. Right. And then B, I thought it was part of that universe, but you said it's not. So it's different. I didn't know those movies were separate. Yeah. So like the events of the dark Knight trilogy don't take place in the right, right. where they're trying to go. Also the Joker movie, the one that came out with Ho- Hoquan Phoenix or mm-hmm. Hoquan or whatever. Joaquin. Joaquin. <laughs> Always, I don't know why I think it's a strong age. Hoken. Uh, that's also a separate movie. And yeah. so it's really confusing to the audience what's like canon with it and yeah. what's not. 
they are a mess over at the DC studios. Yeah, they don't know what's going on. Yeah, they've been ripping coke like lines of coke or something, and they're like, <laughs> yeah. "Let's just make a new movie." Anyways, I was just, I was, uh, I didn't know where the movie was going, so I was just looking for the the de- deterioration of Harley Quinn, but that wasn't the case. And like, she started you know, out more like crazy, and then yeah, like, and then as the movie went on, she normalized. Well, you know what? I shouldn't say normalized. She found her baseline, <laughs> but um. Uh, you know, you, you know, if you know Batman and like his stories, you're, you're supposed to hate Holly Quinn, right? Yeah. She was this, you know, psychiatric, uh, therapist who turned bad and with the Joker, blah, 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 all this stuff and helped the Joker and all this. But in this movie, you're really, you're really supposed to like her and really you're like rooting for, her, you know? Like when the sailor so hits the ground. Yeah. Like I can't explain how similar this movie is to the comics. It's, I mean, to a science because the Harley Quinn in the t- animated TV show is different than this comic book Harley Quinn, and Margot Robbie nails her character. I want to say perfectly, like mm-hmm. this is perfect. And so, like when the sandwich falls, we're like, oh, why would the cop do that? Yeah. Uh, poor Harley Quinn. She just right. was so excited for the sandwich. Came, came full circle, though. Yes, it did. At the end, uh, yeah. So you're you totally feel for her. Uh, you know, she goes through a breakup, very depressed. You know, uh, make some rash decisions, but in in the end, things go right for her, and she gets a lot of help along the way, which is good, for sure. Um, and I'll be excited to see what it looks like in the future because there's uh, she's best friends with Poison Ivy. Okay. Oh, do you know who that is? No. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I was I was waiting for you to be like, oh yeah, get out of here. Uh, Poison Ivy is just a, a popular female supervillain from the Batman universe. <laughs> But her and Harley Quinn are best friends. And that's uh, why you don't like Harley Quinn. That's why you're not supposed to. Oh, that's, oh, that's why you're yeah. not supposed to. I was like, I love Harley Quinn. So, but we've we haven't seen Poison Ivy yet in anything, right? Not anything Just recent. The comics. Uh I think back in the hood, like with the Riddler for the Batman. Oh yeah, okay. Um, I think I can't even confirm that. But we'll we'll find out. I'm excited to see where it goes. I hope this isn't a standalone. I hope there's more movies to come. And it seems like Harley Quinn's going to be involved in the universe because she was like, let me tell you a secret about Batman um, at the end of the movie. And so she like references the Batman. So it's interesting. The references to Batman means like he exists in her universe. Yep. And so it'll be interesting to see with Robert Pattinson being the new Batman. Weird casting. Um, if he's going to be. You said you were all for it. Get the frig out of here. No, I agree that there... I said I think that there was better casting that could have been done, but I don't... You just like Robert Pattinson. Yeah, I said I I don't think he's a crappy actor. Like, even Salzburg, he's trash. He's dead. I don't like him, yeah. Uh, But then again, I love Harry Potter. He was in that great indie film, Remember (sighs) Me, Water for Elephants with Reese Witherspoon. Mm. He was in some good movies. Um, Doesn't mean he was good in them. He just always (laughs) plays the same character. Yeah, it's Robert Pattinson. He can't do anything else. Yeah, so like who he was, Edward Cullen. Twilight. Yeah. <laughs> Everything. And so, I mean, we'll see. I'm not going to throw baby out with the bathwater. I'll probably see Robert Pattinson's Batman. Oh, I mean, yeah, I'm going to watch it. <laughs> but <laughs> Let's not be ridiculous. Yeah, let's not get too out of hand. Uh, we'll get a lot more from when they release the first trailer sometime, I think, over the summer. Yeah, exactly. Okay, another tangent. Back to Birds of Prey one last time. Uh the other characters in it were very uh, fascinating, too. Um, the villain in this, I forget his name already, to be honest. It was a weird name. Uh, Roman? Oh. Wasn't he, like, Blackface? Yeah, Blackface was his, his like, yeah, Blackface was technically his, his like... What? He put on a giant black mask and he called himself Blackface or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Borderline inappropriate. Yeah. I mean, the mania was real with that guy. Yeah. Oh, boy. He had some issues. Like to cut people's faces off. Yep. Yeah. Um, anyways, I just like to think about this, like the the psychology of the characters and stuff too, because this whole movie is about uh, like man delusions, paranoia, mania, like all of this stuff. It was like coming out left and right, you know. Um, Ronan or whatever blackface he his he was paranoid the entire movie. He never trusted. Anyone except for like one person that was his like right hand man and like wanted everyone to do everything for him and was just like, you know, basically he was basically the face of the mob without really actually doing anything. He was a big, he was a big puss. Yeah. You know what I liked about this movie? It's clearly a feminist based movie. 
big uh, feminist well, yeah, push for sure. But it didn't feel like there was a political agenda. Not whatsoever. So sometimes you see like a lot of these remakes, even the, in the even in Endgame. Yeah, we had we but had that the, you, like that felt political, right? Mm-hmm. Where all the female superheroes came together, and it's like, wait, were we watching this? Yeah, to see everybody fight together. We didn't want men and women fighting separately, mm-hmm. and so all of a sudden. I don't know. I don't. I don't like that. When I all of a sudden I'm thinking about politics, when I'm supposed to be enjoying a movie, mm-hmm. she made. There was a joke about Bernie Sanders in it, but that, yep, was, that, that was that was pretty funny. It was funny, and even though there was like a, a feminist push for like this to be like an all female cast, it worked because it didn't feel like political. It didn't feel uh, like I was being pulled out of the film to think about the crisis of the world. Because again, my my soapbox is entertainment should really separate me. Because the whole reason I'm watching this is to escape the crappy environment that Reality. we're in. Mm-hmm. So uh, overall, I think that's important to know because somebody was like, it's the feminist movie of the year. And I'm like, I guess, but I don't get those vibes. It was just fun. Yeah, it was very fun. I'm looking at the Rotten Tomatoes uh, score. It was 80%. I know it could have gone up today. Oh, that's true. You don't know. It was, well, I mean, it was what, 87 two days ago and then now it's down to 80. Well, yesterday it was 86 when we went. Oh, it's because right. everybody's going to it and then rating it. Yeah. Uh, so it's between, it's between, uh, you know, 83 and 80. I, it's not loading. So oh, nice. it's fine. Yeah. Um, uh, gotta love the internet. It was at least 80 when last time we checked and then the critics are giving it like a 60%, which not a critic movie, whatever. Yeah. This isn't going for Oscars. So <clears throat> when we get back, we're going to dive deep into sports. Yeah. We're going to hit up the Super Bowl first and the XFL, which is super exciting. So we'll, we'll hit up Super Bowl. XFL, and then we'll go into some more other baseball and hockey news. Do the uh, the social media plug. Oh yeah, <laughs> rate us, guys. Rate us. We are thirty episodes in. We want those five star ratings. If you're not going to give us a five star, get lost. Listen, we have eight five star ratings. That should double by the end of this episode. Oh boy, yep, that's bold, but I like it. Rate us, Apple Podcasts, Google Cast, Spotify, where wherever you listen on Anchor, the platform that we record on. Uh, please just go ahead and give us a rating. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Real TV Podcast, and feel free to email us your comments, questions, concerns about Birds of Prey or anything that we talk about at realtbpodcast at gmail.com. We'll be right back with some spots. Guys, welcome back. I don't know why I'm introducing all the segments, but it feels good, and I feel the power. Um, we're going to jump right into the Super Bowl. So if you've lived under a rock, you haven't heard. Patrick Mahomes won the Super Bowl with the Chiefs. Andy Reid got his first ring. Most importantly, Andy Reid got his first ring. Let's Second ring, technically, but first as a head coach. He won with the matters. Exactly. He won with the pack, but that was in the 90s. How are we feeling about this, C-Pro? Because you were so gung-ho on those 49ers. I was. I was. I wanted the 49ers to win. Uh, we had a chance to see if Jimmy G had the Tom Brady gene in the last two minutes. Turns out, he does not. So, you know, I guess that's good, right? Tom Brady's the only one that has his genes, so that's good. Nothing uh, rubbed off too badly on Jimmy G. Um, listen, Patrick Mahomes is the new is you know he's he's going to be king of the AFC for as long as he's in the AFC you know hopefully not that that's not long but from the Chiefs that's forever so um, you know I just didn't want the rain to start now I wanted it either next year or the year after uh, or when Tom Brady retires either one um, so that was just my thing I just did I knew you know Matt there's no there's no d- disagreement that Patrick Mahomes is the, is the next athlete of, of the century or it's, or so it looks with him and Lamar, but I just didn't want it to happen this soon. That's all. The second full year as a starter, he won the MVP and won a Super Bowl. It's like, bro, settle down. Pump the brakes. Yeah, I know. Pump the brakes. You're, you're shooting off. You're shooting your whole wide in the first two years of your career here. <laughs> Two like, pump chomp. Yeah. Right. Like easy, easy. So fun fact, there are three quarterbacks in NFL history to win a Super Bowl. Before the twenty fifth birthday, would, you would get Big Ben in here. Whoa, whoa, you would get Big whoa! Ben in here. Who are those three quarterbacks? Ben, yeah, Mahomes, yeah, Brady, yeah. Really? Look at that! Oh. I give you even a Brady plug. Everybody's happy. 
All right. <laughs> that is great company, Mr. Mahomes. And he's, yeah, he's not, he's not 24, right? He, he's 24. He's not 25. Oh, okay. Remember we had Natalie over and she was like, no. Oh, I'm, yeah, yeah exactly. She knew him to the day. Shout out to Natalie. You will never hear this podcast. <laughs> you live in the Bay Area. Yeah. And no one knows this, this particular episode exists yet. So, but she told us Patrick Mahomes was 24 and she's right on the money. Yep. So, anyways, congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs. I have some friends in Kansas City who were big Chiefs fans, uh, and they were live streaming the parade and stuff. So it was cool to see that. They're super happy. I, I have a friend who actually uh, is getting married this year, and she was super pumped that they started off the year as Super Bowl champions. The year they get married, so that's kind of cool. Uh, and she's, you know, obviously their last Super Bowl was fifty years ago, so she wasn't alive uh, during the last Super Bowl. So great for the Chiefs fans. It was um, a long time coming, fifty years. You know, you. Uh, you found your Messiah and Patrick Mahomes. So there you go. I want to give a shout out. And so I right now like the Chiefs. It's so much fun to watch Patrick Mahomes. It is very fun. He's got a bowl though. And so if he gets like two more, it's like, all right. You yeah. Know, what? It's like, all right, what? Like enough. Oh, okay. No, no, no. Like, I that's what say I'm saying I enjoy him now. It's great. You know, his young talent with the snapper. With Andy Reid, and they're out there. Went, Andy looks like the walrus, and he's his quarterback's a frog, and it's great. But let me tell you, like any, like I bet when Brady won, right, it was a great story that those first couple well, the years. Pats had never won. Yeah. In their history. And so I was like, wow. And then they were a dynasty, and it's like, oh, we see the dynasty. It was 20 years <laughs> of it that sucked. Nobody minds four or five years of dominance in the league. It's like, oh. It right. takes three, I'd say it takes three years. Of bowl appearances to be sick of someone. Yes, I agree. Buffalo with you. had four. Dallas had three. Uh, who else? Uh, Buffalo. Buffalo. Yeah, Buffalo. Dallas. Maybe that's it. You know, I wouldn't even say three bowl appearances in a row. I would say three out of four. The old dynasty marker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you become a dynasty, you start. Oh, to... San Fran in the nineties. That's the other one. Yeah. Uh, you start to piss people off. Uh, we we like to root for the underdog, and so if you're winning all the time, you got to lose. So unless you're the favorite. <clears throat> That's true. So, well, I still like Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Congratulations. Good. It was great to see you. Don't win too many. <laughs> yeah. It was great to see you. It was nice to have a changeup of teams in the Super Bowl. No offense to the Pats. Um, no, no. I mean, the ratings were the best they'd been in four years. And the Pats have been the last three. So that's, what, <laughs> that's what that tells you, you know? Yeah. It's, it, I mean, it's exciting. And don't get me wrong. If I Pats, get it. Like, I get it. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. What's next? Next is the XFL. No, 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 no. Oh, it's ESPN. Um, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's on ESPN. It is. Yeah. So the XFL, it's an eight-team football league. Juggernaut league. Yep. The XFL, they tried to start the XFL a couple years ago, and it flopped. And now they've gotten new funding. Uh, and they have eight teams. Uh, and this weekend was opening weekend. On Saturday, it opened up with 54? 57. 54 million? 54 million. 54 million viewers which actually i think is really good yeah it blew expectations yep so that was cool there are new rules there's new kickoff rules there's new extra point rules there's new punt rules uh there's new clock management rules yes uh new challenge rules and new like timeout and stuff rules the games are like an hour shorter yep um you know teams are only allowed two timeouts the play clock is 25 seconds instead of 40 uh, on the kickoffs, nobody can move unless the ball is touched or the ball is on the ground for three seconds. So the kickoffs look a little different because everyone's like just waiting to touch the ball um, or to like go and, and, and block. Uh, the extra points are really cool. So there's no kicking extra points. There's only there's a two yard, a five yard and a 10 yard extra point. Uh, the two yard is one is one extra point. The five yard is two, and then the ten yard extra point is three. So you can ultimately get up to a total of nine points on a touchdown play, which I think is actually a really good rule change. Yep, doing something different with the the PAT because the PAT in football, NFL. When I say football, it, it's just not eventful. Like when someone misses, you're like, "Holy crap!" But I mean, that's so rare. There's like one miss out of all the games a week. Yep. And so I really like the idea that it's not a gimme, that you have to not only try for the touchdown, you got to try for some extra points. And you can, like, try to get a comeback with the, the additional points. It's not just one, you get the two exactly. or three. So, yeah. So uh, 
you know, as far as viewers, it was over the projected amount. So that's great. We watched a game and a half or so, and it was actually really exciting. The new rules made it really fun. And honestly, the, the competition was pretty good. I was very surprised. I didn't, I mean, you can definitely tell the difference between the NFL and the XFL, but it's not astronomical, I don't think. And the players that are in the XFL are just below NFL caliber talent. Like the QBs would be a third or fourth QB on a depth chart. The running backs and linemen and wide receivers and defensive players, all the same thing. So they're on the cusp. Uh, And Nick made a good point yesterday when we were watching. He was like, I bet the XFL could turn into a feeder system for the NFL. You know, maybe the college kids don't go right to the NFL. They go to the XFL, get a couple of years under their belt, and then get a contract with the NFL. Who knows, you know, but um, I think it'll be a good opportunity for the players that still want to play that might not have the top-tier talent. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think the NFL does want the XFL to succeed because you can get more development in Mm -hmm. the the players who might need a couple more years. It also just gives you experience. And so they might be like, we can get this guy right into a system. He knows what it's like to play big games. Yep. Um, I would say the talent is noticeably different. But not to where you can't enjoy the game. It's better than college, but not as good as the NFL. It's as if there was a middle league. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's like a step up. It's like the AAA of the NFL. Because I'd say the teams we were watching are better than like the Oregon Ducks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like just just yeah. the way that everybody moves. Well, some of these players are pro athletes. Yeah. You know, there was a defensive back that was playing yesterday that was a first round pick, and he, like he's just kind of washed up, but he gets to. He, I mean, he still gets to play in the XFL. You know, people that are really injury riddled too, they'll take a pay cut and go play in the XFL because they're not going to get the type of money that they want in the NFL. So they'll be like, all right, well, if I prove myself and be injury free for a year, maybe that'll boost my status again to move up, you know. And, um, you know, Nick was saying the other day, well, you were saying the other day that you thought it was too soon after the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. But people have been saying it's the perfect time because football's still on the mind. If they waited a little bit, people wouldn't be as intrigued, you know, because they, they got other stuff going on. But because it was only two weeks after the Super Bowl, people were still thinking about it. The Super Bowl parade was like in the middle of the week last week. So it was, you know, you were still getting notifications about football. And then, boom, the XFL hits and people are still into it, you know. Yeah, I mean, this is this is true. Um, so what are your overall thoughts of it? I really like it. I'm glad there's still football on the weekends. And it's Saturday and Sundays. It's not just one day. I mean, I know there's Thursday and Monday night football. But um, I like that there's Saturday day games and Sunday night games. Um, that's really cool. So, I don't know. I My first impressions are sweet. I'm really pumped. I'm glad there's football. The competition was better than expected. And the, the stadiums actually looked somewhat full. Uh, and, we, you know, the, you know, we live in Oregon, obviously. So, the closest team to us is actually in Seattle. Uh, so that's kind of cool. It's kind of exciting that we'll be able to see football in Seattle for a couple more months. Um, it goes till the end of April. So February till the end of April. This goes two and a half months. There's only eight teams, and it's a 10-game schedule, 10 weeks, and then the playoffs hit. So that'll be fun. It'll be fun. And it's just the top four teams that make the playoffs. It's like the football playoff almost. The top four teams make it, and then one and four, two and three face off, and that's it. I mean, so you, I hopefully mean, it expands in the years to and, come. Right, and there's two divisions, you know, four in each division, so you just got to be top two in each division, and you're good. Good to go. Yeah, and so if you're wondering how pay ranks up, a player can earn up to $5,000 a week. So um, the average salary right now structured in the league is about 55000 I uh, can't see anything on what the, the quarterback salary is. Oh, that's not true. Um, the top quarterbacks are going to earn $500,000. Okay. Wait, so, what? Yeah. Wait, who does that? The quarterbacks? Uh, yeah. So Cardell Jones, Josh yeah. Johnson, Landry Jones uh, are potentially among them. You have to like It's a ranking system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like you're guaranteed money. You have to perform. And so uh, all the other players are making like fifty k, and the quarterbacks can make half a million dollars. Interesting, but I think it's you know it's it's. Are you bringing in viewers? I think it's stuff like that. They want to get talent because offering a quarterback, you got to be competitive, right? Be like, hey, you can still make half a million dollars and start. Yeah, yeah, it's incentive for sure. So that's the XFL. What are your initial thoughts overall? I'm pumped about it. I'm pumped about what it it can become. Uh, I think what's more money gets generated into it. 
that'll be a whole different ball game. Uh, I think because I think you'll be able to get top tier talents or people who get kicked out of the NFL trying to make a comeback, like second chance you. Uh, yeah. I, I see that this could become a really cool system in the in the sense where the XFL is drafting players and so is the NFL. And it's like, where do they want to go? You can start for half a million dollars or so it'll just be interested to see how this this kind of develops. Or if you don't get drafted you or you're on a practice squad and get cut, you might be able to work your way up. I'm just excited to see. I just hope it doesn't last one season. Yeah. Yeah, I, me too. Holy so crap, so the names suck though. Really, the Roughnecks, the Houston Roughnecks. Yeah. Give it up for Seattle your Houston Dragons. Roughnecks. Yo, the Dallas Renegades. That's, Renegades. A, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, the Wildcats sound like a co- college team. Yep. Give it up for the Wildcats. The Tampa Bay Vipers. Yeah. yeah. The names are, you know, work in progress, but we'll get there. <laughs> hopefully they expand next year or something. Yeah, hopefully. But the, anyways, that's the XFL. So moving on. To a different sport, baseball. Uh, so Pete Rose, okay, uh, he is uh, known for betting on his own team. So, okay, let me back up. Pete Rose was a baseball player in the 60s through the 80s. He played 24 years. He okay? was good. He was very good. And in um, 1989, he was given a lifetime ban of Major League Baseball for illegally betting on his team to win games when he was managing them and and uh, playing. I, I don't know if they've confirmed playing, but definitely when he was managing them, uh, he was betting on his team to win. And so he got the lifetime ban. And so Pete Rose, you know, played 25 years or 24 years. He sets the all-time record in games, played appearances, at-bats, and hits. This guy has over 4,200 hits in his career. Mr. 4,000. Mr. 4,000. Only 30 people in all of baseball history have over 3,000 hits. So he's one of 30, and there's only two people that have 4,000 all-time. Wow. He's one of two. Who's the and other guy? Ty Cobb. Well, he couldn't have stuck it out. Who came first? Pete Rose. And Ty Cobb couldn't just hoof it out and beat him? Uh, he needed less than 100 hits. So, yeah, I don't know why he didn't just stick it out. One. Yeah. I don't know if it was injuries or what. But anyways, so, um, uh, so because of the lifetime ban that Pete Rose got back in 89, he has not been eligible for the Hall of Fame. And listen, you know, back then – Every, it was all natural. Um, it was, you know, everybody, there was no steroids. Uh, that we knew about. Well, that we knew about, yeah. But, you know, everything was was all natural. And it was it was, it was was a pure game. It's, you know, it's, people still call it America's pastime. I don't really know if that's still the case. But anyways, and so now Pete Rose is in the media because he is applying for reinstatement. And his... Most recent argument is cite because he's applied for reinstatement multiple times. But this most recent application is uh, citing the Houston Astros cheating scandal and the Red Sox cheating scandal, I should say. And so uh, he's basically saying, "Well, these ch- these teams cheated their way to World Series titles. I never, I never went to that extreme. I bet on my own personal team. We never won a World Series or anything like that." Um, and so basically he's just citing, he's citing that, uh, teams cheat all the time. Finally, somebody got caught and that my lifetime ban should be over. Now it, you know, he got, he got banned in 89. It's been 30 years. But so, it was a lifetime ban he got. Yes. So it's been 30 years. And so another thing is like, it's been 30 years. I've done my time. You know, I have apologized and I've done everything that I can to Did he bet on his team to lose ever, or was it only to win? Oh, I'm sure it was both. But. Okay, so that does matter. Yeah, because he could have been throwing games. Yeah, I was like, if he's just betting on his team to win, who cares? Yeah. So, that being said, uh, the Astros scandal that came out uh, a couple weeks ago uh, was it started in 2017, and essentially they were stealing signs and relaying them to their own players who were batting, so they knew what pitch was coming, mm-hmm. and the 
Astros won a World Series in 2018. Uh, and uh, the assistant coach on the Astros of that World Series team that was helping them steal signs ended up being the Red Sox manager for 2019 and won the World Series with the Red Sox and did admit that they were stealing signs during that season too. So brutal. Yes. And so there have been multiple people trying to vacate those World Series titles and give them to the Dodgers, who lost in both of them. <laughs> and oh, oh, yeah. Brutal. But I didn't know that, that. That, won't, that, that won't happen. But anyways. So I that, do think they should be stripped of their titles, but not given to somebody else. N- uh, listen. Okay. The competitive edge in sports, doesn't matter what sport it is, is always there. You do what it takes to win. I don't care if you're the 2004 Patriots when everybody was videotaping, they just happened to get caught. I don't care if you're the friggin' 2019 Boston Red Sox stealing signs when everyone steals signs. Like you're yeah. allowed, you're allowed to steal signs, but they were hooking up electronic devices. So that oh they- yeah, they had panels and everything. <laughs> they, had, they had they had a whole control room. They called it with like TVs and stuff. And then when they would see a sign that they knew, they would bang on trash cans. And then when the players heard that correct sound, they knew what was coming. Same thing. Oh, the Astros actually had a device hooked up to them so they yes. could like vibrate or something. Yes, a player by the name of Jose Altuve hit a home run once, and it was a walk-off home run. And normally when you hit a walk-off home run, your teammates mob you, and they rip your jersey off, they dump all the water on you, you know, they, they basically just give you this, like, huge, like, you know, hip-hip-hooray type deal for hitting a game-winning home run. Jose Altuve told his teammates not to uh, take off his jersey. Like, don't take off my jersey, don't, don't take off my jersey. And it was, it's said to believe that he was wearing, like, a wire um, telling him what signs were coming, and he didn't want everybody to see it if they took off his jersey after the home run. So there's like this whole thing coming out. So, um, it you know as a result, the Astros were fined five million. They were forfeited their first and second round picks in 2020 and 2021. Je- uh, GM Jeff Lunau and field manager AJ Hinch were suspended for the entire 2020 season for failing to prevent the rules violations. They ended up firing both of those people. Yep. Uh, and so the Red Sox, um, they fired Alex Cora. Yep. <laughs> and the settlement has not come out yet as far as the what's going to happen to the Red Sox picks or money or anything like that. That should come out actually by the end of this coming week. And the New York Mets hired Carlos Beltran as the manager for their ball club, but he was a part of that Astros team. So the Mets actually also fired Carlos Beltran uh, this past year. So they're looking for a coach as well. So, um, so yeah, so there was a, there was, you know, a big fallout from this cheating scandal, which rightfully so. Um, But now this is bringing Pete Rose back into the limelight and saying, see, everybody cheats. I should be allowed back in. It's been 30 years, blah, blah, blah. No, we should start lifetime banning them. Um, Because, so I was listening to Sports Talk Radio here in the Northwest, and they were talking about how the players had a statistically, like, 0.1 better, was it, because it's out of, yeah, a 0.1 better batting average during the time that they were using these signal steals. mm -hmm. So... I mean, it didn't just like a little bit elevated. It wasn't like an inflated football per se. I mean, this. How many how many pitchers are thrown in a baseball game? Yeah, uh, probably well, on one team or total. Total. Uh-huh. Probably like two hundred, a little less. Uh, yep, it's roughly two hundred is like the average. Is it roughly a hundred per team, give or take? How many? What do you think the percentage is? Like, okay, so this is this is my take on this. Both of these series. Well, not the Red Sox series, but the Astros series. They went six and seven games. In a seven-game series, it is it is really, really hard to pinpoint that as what the difference maker was. In a seven-game series when there's over 1,400 pitches thrown. Baseball is a game of strategy and... Inches. And, well, every sport is a game of inches, <laughs> but it's like strategy... Uh, you know, w- whether that's pitching, a pitter-hitcher combo, lineups, substitutions, all of this stuff. Baseball is such a complex strategy game that it's, it, it makes it hard for me to believe that these signs really made a true difference in a seven-game series. 
their statistical average over the season. That's what made a difference that got them to the World Series. And it's not fair to the Dodgers if they weren't stealing signs because then they got shafted because somebody had a minor, well, minor or, I mean, when they did it, they went to the World Series. That's a pretty big competitive edge to go to the biggest game of the year. Also, props to the Dodgers if they could just, like, compete on that level like they were stealing signs, but they weren't. I don't know. I don't we, like. We don't, we don't know that they weren't. First of all, correct. Second of all, the Astros have had the best lineup in baseball the last four years, and two have had the best pitching lineup. They, they're not garbage going to the World Series because they're cheating. Let me tell you, they have these superstars. They have superstars. They have three or four superstars in their lineup. They have three or four superstars in their pitching staff. They're. It's like, as in a seven-game series, I, I I have a hard time believing that sign stealing really really made a big difference. Now the Red Sox beat the Dodgers in five games. Maybe. maybe like they, <laughs> they smoke the Dodgers, so maybe. But like in a seven-game series when both teams have insane superstars on both sides of the ball, like it, it makes it really hard for me to believe that sign stealing really made a huge difference. It's just my opinion that in any sport, if you're caught cheating your way to the top, you should lose the ring. I think that's far more aggressive than... If a- that was the case, literally nobody would have rings anywhere. Well, okay, but not every year the the, the winning championship of, of any league, like in basketball. Who won last year? Uh, Toronto? Toronto, yeah. Was Toronto cheating? Maybe. Basketball is probably a little harder to cheat in. Basketball is rigged anyway because the officials. Oh, uh, yeah. So, But everybody's rigged the same. Um, well, you got to have the right superstars on your team. So I just don't like it. Um, two first-round picks, I don't know what that means for baseball. I know what that means for football. Yeah. And that is detrimental. That's like losing I mean, two there's like, franchise players. There's like, God, there's thousands of players drafted every year. Like, it's stupid. There's like, there's what, 30? There's 30 baseball teams and there's, what, 17 rounds or something? I don't know. It's it's stupid. The amount of baseball players that get drafted is ridiculous. But don't get me wrong. Obviously, the best ones are, you know, in the, in the first couple of rounds. Okay, moving on to another baseball topic. Oh, my two cents is Pete Rose should be allowed into the Hall of Fame. He's one of the greatest pairs of all time. Yes, he cheated. Yes, he served his time. It's been 30 years. Let's move on. I don't think he cheated his way to the top. And so I do think it's different. If they're not going to give these people who cheated their way to like championship uh, wins, yeah, he didn't do that. He was just making personal gain. And I do think it's different. I think his crime is less than what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, Fair enough. Do you agree with that or no? Yeah, yeah. I, I would agree with that. Yeah. Um, and like you were saying, if it's only winning – that's one thing. Like if it's if you've just been on a team to win, like that's what you're supposed to win every game. If you're betting on a team to lose and you're throwing games, that's different. Yeah, that Arizona player who did it this year for uh, the Cardinals. Not, yeah, not a <laughs> not a good look. No. Uh, so, oh, the last thing I want to talk about was Mookie Betts, right? Oh yeah, Mook. Mook. So, I bought his jersey two years ago. You gotta stop buying jerseys, buddy. Yes, my history recently with jerseys. I bought a Dame jersey. I really hope, well, no, they signed to a contract, so we're good with Dame. Uh, so another big baseball story is that the Boston superstar Mookie Betts has been traded. He is 27, I believe, and uh, he was set to be a free agent after this year. The Red Sox owe him $27 million this year is what they offered him through or is what they got through arbitration. Um and Betts is going to demand between 380 and 420 million over the lifespan of his contract. And the Red Sox did not want to pay that price. Um, Mookie Betts is like the only player in history to have won a World Series, an MVP, a gold glove, and a silver slugger in the same season, Whoa. which is insane. Yeah. Like he had a, an insane year two years ago. So, um, for me, it's like shitty, you know, like you are the Boston Red Sox. You are a juggernaut. They're like the Red Sox, the Yankees, the Dodgers are the three teams that do not. It does not matter how much you pay players. You pay for rings, right? Yeah. You pay for rings. It does not matter. Now the Red Sox got a new GM and this GM is coming from Tampa Bay who has been in the bottom of spending the last you know, five, six, seven, eight years that he's been their GM. And now he's penny pinching with the Red Sox. And there's a luxury tax 
um, in baseball. And if you go over the luxury tax, there's a percentage of your salary that you have to pay to the bottom feeders of the league. And it, it basically sets a foundation for the teams that suck. And so basically he came out and said, we will be getting underneath this luxury tax threshold. We're, we're sick and tired of dealing out extra millions to the bottom feeders. We want, we are going to compete underneath. Now to his credit, he has had, he has led Tampa Bay to some good playoff runs with this strategy and system in place. However, <laughs> you're the freaking Boston Red Sox. You have the money. Like he is now in his prime. I don't understand why now you're just like, oh yeah, by the way, we're trading our best player to, oh, by the way, the Dodgers who don't need him. He's going to the Dodgers? Yes. Brutal. Literally, they have a superstar almost at every position now. And if they don't win this year, that's just laughable. But anyways. Mookie. Because they've gone the last three years. It's the old, if you beat them, join them. Exactly. (laughs) Well, that's out of his control. But so Mookie Betts and David Price go to the Dodgers for Alex Verdugo, who was a top 100 prospect. um, But he's dipped a little bit just because of injuries. And they get Jeter Downs, a shortstop, no idea who that is. And catcher, Connor Wong, no idea who that is. So I'm glad we got uh, a ball bag for Mookie Betts. That's, that and sounds great. Still paying millions for Sounds him, great. Uh, and there were two other uh, – the Twins were involved in that as well. But that's hearsay. The Twins aren't going anywhere. So the other thing is with this deal is that because Price went with Betts, Price is owed $96 million. Uh, left on his deal so that was another salary dump on the Dodgers it was like you take his salary and then now the, the 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 thing I will say is that Mookie may not re-sign with the Dodgers you know this is only a one-year deal for him because the Dodgers pay him 27 million and then shit if the Dodgers want to pay him 420 million dollars next year over 10 years or 12 years whatever great but if not Mookie could get more money somewhere else so it's not guaranteed that he's a Dodger forever so I got a question yeah when we get back, we're just going to take a quick break, just for you know, one of those quick cycles, I think, with the cool sounds. Sure. And uh, we'll finish up this conversation, finish up the cast. We'll be right back. Hey, guys, welcome back. We're going to finish the conversation. I just want to introduce all three intros. <clears throat> Good to be here. Uh, so we're talking about the Mookie Betts thing, obviously. Uh, you were just listening. And my question real quick is, can players be franchise tagged like in the NFL? No. So you can't franchise tag a player. They go to ar- to arbitration. And so arbitration means if you can't set, if you can't settle on a contract price for that player, you basically go to, you go to, uh, you go to a council. And they and they do based on stats and everything else, and it spits out a money amount, and that's the money amount you have to pay that player. So mm-hmm. the Red Sox go to the council and say, "I want to pay Mookie Betts twenty five. Mookie Betts goes to the council and says, "No, I'm over thirty. And then they run the stats through the predictor or whatever, and they do their calculations, and it says, "You owe Mookie Betts twenty seven million if you want him. No, like that's what he gets. Oh, like you are committed to that player. Like you have the rights to that player. You are committed to him. So you, whatever number that is, that's the number you have to pay him for that year. For dragging him through the ringer. Yes. And oh, it's this, a one-year thing? It's a one-year deal. Yes. Oh, cool. Yes. And then, so that's based on service years. So if you've only been, I forget what the exact number is, so don't hold me accountable. But it's like the first six or seven, five or six years of your MLB service time, you have to go to arbitration. Then you can hit free agency. So that's why Mookie went to arbitration this year because this was his last year of arbitration and next year he's an actual free agent. So nobody can – like the, the Dodgers can't hold on to him even if they wanted to. Right. They they have to sign him to a mega deal if they want to keep him. Okay. Or let him go somewhere else. Who knows? The so it's called arbitration. It's the use – to it's it's the use of an, of an arbitrator to settle a, dis, a dispute. Basically, you go to them and say, I, I think he's owed this. The player goes and said, I think I'm worth this, and they settle it. Sometimes the MLB wins, or sometimes the team wins. It's like, nope, you, you actually you are actually owed fifteen, like the, the like your team says. So you're going to be paid fifteen, or they'll side with the player and be like, no, you win, you get thirty. You know what I mean? It just depends, or it's somewhere in the middle. So they got like an algorithm. Yep. Um, or something like that. So, anyways, uh, I'm just sad because a I bought his jersey. 
B, he's really young and really, 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 really good. C, he went to the National League's best team that has been in the World Series the last three years in a row. And it's like, yeah. okay, you, you might as well just give him the ring now, you know? And it's like, we're the Boston Red Sox, and now we care about money. To me, that it just doesn't make sense. What is happening? Yeah, <laughs> like, whatever. It is what it is. So anyways, the Red Sox probably are going to suck now, but eh, it is what it is. So you had another question for me? I figured I should just bring this up. So he just brought up this jersey thing on the cast, and it got me thinking. This dude is cursed with buying jerseys. Minus Brady. But I'm looking behind us, and he has an Adventary jersey, the Colts kicker of the last decade and something. Okay, wait a second. The dude is going to go down in history as the dynasty starter for the Patriots. Like, you you can't say New England Patriots without saying Vinatieri. I agree with you. But when did you buy that? What Super this Bowl? Was, I, this, I found this in Lost and Found. This was a, this should have grabbed it. Well, I did. This is literally like, the, that's their first one, Super Bowl thirty. What does that say? Two thousand three. We're looking oh, yeah. at so, oh, there's jerseys in our podcast room. This is yeah, episode, yeah, thirty six. So he would leave in like three years. Mm, okay, no, hold he on. Left, he I'm left. Good. He left in two thousand eight, two thousand nine. I'm gonna build my case here. Uh, one, he's been with the Colts longer than he was for the Pats. Oh yeah, way longer. Significantly longer. Um, I agree. He'll, his career will be remembered for his place in the the Patriots lore. I mean, for crying out loud, at the Patriots place, they still have a setup for Adam Minnitary. Yes. How's your life if you're freaking Kostowski? I can't even say his name. So Vinatieri left. He bought me an Antonio Brown jersey, and we all know how that went last year. He has an Aaron Hernandez jersey. 2005, Vinatieri left. Yeah. Two years. So he has an Aaron Hernandez jersey. Okay, that's not mine, though. He's got it. Um, It's weird. Uh, he has a Gronk jersey. Wait, do you have a Gronk jersey? No. Why do I always think you have a Gronk jersey? I don't have Gronk or Edelman. Oh, well. I wouldn't get them because I have a TJ Oshie who's no longer on the Blues. <laughs> they they traded him or no, they didn't trade him. He just signed with the Capitals. And I have oh my god, I have a Kyrie Irving. Oh, I bought a <laughs> I bought a Kyrie Irving last year and he's gone. This, he just bought a Damian Lillard. If Damian Lillard ends up in the next couple of years off the Blazers, I'm not letting C Pro buy. And Jason Tatum, I have a Jason Tatum too for the Celtics. Oof. Yeah, uh, Dame, but Dame, there's no way Dame goes anywhere, right? Because it's freaking Damian Lillard. He's well, he face. just signed the max, I think. And so. he's the face of freaking the Blazers. Yes. And he's only getting better, which is crazy. Um, Vinatieri spent 10 with New England and 14 with Indy. So, but that's yeah. A, that's a forever career. Right. So, and of course he has a Brady jersey and we know how that's panning out. No, no. Okay. <laughs> yeah. He's not even done yet. Relax. He's coming back, baby. Uh, I'm just yo kidding. you y'all better be ready for that pod because for better or for worse we're doing a pod about that when it happens. Oh, geez. he's gonna announce where he's going at the end of this month. He, like if there's free agency March 18th, and he's gonna know whether or not he's coming back or not. So okay, that's good. Anyway, so it's just I'm looking around at the jerseys and I'm like, okay, he has all the jersey for these players on the teams they used to play for, and I was like, is this a curse? Do we have a curse among us? Pierce, he retired though. He retired himself. Uh, oh no, he didn't retire himself. Dick. He got traded too. Jeez. All right, Matt Duchesne. <laughs> I have a Matt Duchesne, uh, Col- uh, Colorado. He's on. Uh, he's on. Where is Matt Duchesne now? I- oh, Nashville. He's uh-huh. he's on Nashville now. He's on on Colorado. So, yeah. Yikes. Yeah, I mean, some of these are surprising. Like Vinatieri leaving for just how much of an influence he had on the Pats is surprising. Brown. I mean that was a collapse, and but it happened very quickly. After. I bought. I mean, I but that one I bought him that the same year though. That was that's that that's a rough one. That's unlucky. Yeah, Kyrie Irving lasted a few days. Kyrie Irving, yeah. that's unlucky. Yeah, it was probably for the best. He seemed to be a locker room. That jersey is so nice though. Yeah, I still like want to wear it, but Brown was such a douchebag, so it's like it just will hang in this room forever. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. so that's all right. So uh, as we're just like slowly talking less and less, that wraps up our episode. Dirty 30. The Dirty 30. Thank you all for listening. We really appreciate it. If you've lasted this long, there's no turning back now. So please continue to listen. We really appreciate it. Like we said, too, in previous podcasts, just subscribe. We don't care if you listen or not. We just care about subscriptions. That's where that's how we get paid. So just subscribe, please. Uh, if you want to follow us, like us, rate us, whatever. 
Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at RealTVPodcast, and you can email us at RealTVPodcast at gmail.com. The Oscars are tonight. We did not make any bets. We Ooh. should have. However, maybe we'll do an Oscars episode next week and just kind of recap on uh, yeah. on like how that went. So stay tuned for that. Thank you, guys. We'll see you next week. Peace out. Later. Later.